For Eco Report and WFHB, this is Dan Young. In early February, freshman Congressperson Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez introduced the Green New Deal House Resolution 109. 89 Democratic congresspeople also co-sponsored the 14-page non-binding resolution. The bill outlines a national socioeconomic transition that would seek to massively reduce carbon emissions while providing improved economic security for all. But some environmentalists are concerned that the Green New Deal also calls for a major expansion in the economy, including industrial manufacturing, production, and consumption. In late February, I spoke with a couple of environmental writers and activists who have serious ecological concerns about the Green New Deal. Don Fitz lives in St. Louis, Missouri, where he has taught environmental psychology at the university level and written on environmental issues for a variety of publications. I got in touch with Fitz after coming across a 2014 article published in the national left-wing news outlet Counterpunch. Fitz's article was titled, How Green is the Green New Deal? It provided a history and critical analysis of different Green New Deal proposals developed in America and Europe since 2008. During our conversation, Fitz detailed some of that history. The Green New Deal in the early 2000s was actually developed by international financial policies uh, like the International Monetary Fund. The Green New Deal originated in Europe as a way to expand capitalism and expand production by producing things that were called environmental. I also discussed ecological concerns about the Green New Deal with Stan Cox. Cox is a plant geneticist who works for the Kansas-based Land Institute, an organization that promotes ecologically sustainable agriculture. Cox is also a prolific environmental writer who has authored three books and written articles for publications including the Washington Post and the LA Times. I discovered Cox through an article he had published in both Counterpunch and the online magazine Green Social Thought. That article was titled, That Green Growth at the Heart of the Green New Deal? It's Malignant. During our conversation, Cox explained why he does not think it will be possible to have the simultaneous transition to renewable energy and the massive manufacturing boom called for in the Green New Deal House Resolution. Rapid reduction in greenhouse emissions will mean that we need to reduce our fossil fuel burning and fossil fuel electric capacity much faster than it's possible for the renewable energy to grow to replace it. And good part of our energy and resources are going to have to be walled off for building up of the renewable energy capacity, which will further reduce the pool of uh, energy that we have to work with to run the rest of the economy. So there's going to be less energy available, which means there's not going to be enough to launch into this uh, manufacturing boom. Cox said the challenges that we would face during a serious transition to renewable energy could be similar to those during the armaments buildup of World War II. There, too, we have a situation where one part of the economy had to be walled off, in this case for war and armaments production, and then the rest of the economy had to live on what was left. There there was something called the War Production Board that diverted resources to products or industries that were needed, and they shut down industries that were producing unnecessary goods. Then that resulted in in shortages of some stuff, and then rationing was, was required. 
But Stancox doesn't just think that industrial and economic growth will have to be curtailed temporarily during a transition to renewable energy. He also believes that to avoid environmental collapse, we need to shrink industry and the economy in the long run. It's growth and not fossil fuels that is the the fundamental problem here. There's no such thing as infinite growth for any organism or population. The goal of present-day economies is infinite growth. With capitalism, if there is no growth, it cannot function. So what we're trying to do, and in the Green New Deal is another case of that, is to try to pull back within ecological boundaries, but let the economy continue to grow as rapidly as possible. And that, that just it can't happen. In my discussions with Don Fitz, he raised similar concerns about economic growth. Fitz repeatedly highlighted the environmentally destructive nature of overproduction of manufactured goods. Fitz usually tied that overproduction to so-called planned obsolescence or the process of making items to intentionally break or go out of fashion rapidly so that people will be constantly buying more. Fitz put forth major reductions in production and consumption of manufactured goods as a solution to both global warming and numerous other environmental crises. When I asked how he thought this shift could be accomplished, Fitz focused in on several policies, with one of the most important being reducing the work week. If you offer people the choice... Do you want a shorter work week or an accumulation of objects? Many people will choose the shorter work week. That's what people want. People want more free time. They want more time to be with their friends and their family. That's the way we need to win people over to this. Fitz also called for regulating industry to get rid of planned obsolescence and retooling urban areas for maximum walkability. We really need to have standards where everything is produced to a maximum life expectancy as possible. The other thing the government needs to do in cooperation with communities, every community in the United States can be turned into a social community where people have the things which they need without driving a car. We need to bring back having local stores where people buy things that are within walking or bicycling distance. So there needs to be a massive urban redesign. Both Don Fitz and Stan Cox expressed support for the environmental and social justice goals in the Green New Deal. However, they also expressed the view that these could not be achieved without also pursuing a reduction in the size of the economy and of industrial manufacturing and consumption. Because of its broad scope, the Green New Deal House Resolution 109 has been referred for review by over a dozen different congressional committees and subcommittees. Those reviews are still ongoing. For Eco Report and WFHB, this is Dan Young.